Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest instalment of the Sport Huddle brought to you by Leeds Hospital Radio Sports Team. I'm Ian, I'm your host and tonight we're joined by La Creme de la Creme of uh, Leeds Hospital Radio Sport Pundits. We have Bill Dale, <laughs> stop looking around Tony, we have Bill <laughs> Dale, Tony Chalk and Alan Breeze and uh, good evening to all three of you. We'll be chatting uh, local football with Leeds, Huddersfield, Bradford and Harrogate and then we'll be chatting a bit of Yorkshire cricket yes we will a uh, little bit of the rhinos and uh, maybe a bit of women's world cup bit of world athletics sporting moment of the week there's loads going on US Open tennis starts next week as well but we'll start with Leeds United um, drawing 1-1 on Friday at home to West Bromwich Albion um, you could say that uh, West Brom were lucky in the sense that their goal probably shouldn't have stood. Um, but Leeds, I'm going to start with Bill. Leeds got to a point playing really well, but then that final third, it just, there's, there's nothing up there, is there? They're, you, they're playing some really good stuff, but just cannot get the ball forwards in a, having good clear-cut chances. Yeah, I, w- I was there at Ellen Road on uh, on Friday, and that's a fair summary. I know it was a televised game, and you obviously uh, uh, saw it. Um, yeah. I just sort of scribbled down one or two notes. Uh, one was VAR, uh, and there's yeah. got to be a question why VAR isn't in the championship, because they have it in the um, third tier of Portuguese football. Um, there are there are other leagues around Europe that aren't as uh, as advanced as the uh, the championship, where it where it's uh, um, employed um, and as you say um, the, the goal probably wouldn't have stood and Leeds would have probably had a penalty and come away with the three points that they deserved um, but you hit the nail on the head there uh, um, they, they played some attractive football along the way but um, they had Ruta as their centre forward and yeah. I'm sure he is a good player and I'm sure in time he will be I'm not sure he's worth the £36 million they played for him but I'm fairly sure he's not a centre forward and that's where Leeds United's problems um, uh, not start and finish, but it, it's the main one. If they're going to go up, you need a, a striker in the championship who's going to score you 20 goals. Um, I think if you just look down history, that's what you need. And for all the pretty football, there, there were and plenty of shots on goal. Um, they never really looked like scoring more than the one goal that they did. Um, uh, there the, the were plenty of positives to take. Um, attractive football, um, uh, the, the, the road on strike, um, centre half partnership looked good. Uh, Sam Byram is the latest um, square peg in a round hole at left back. He's a right back. Um, <laughs> very, very competent. Great. Um, young Gray in midfield. Uh, Dan James, I thought, had the best game I've ever seen him play for Leeds United. Yes, he did. Put over that crop for uh, Ailing to, uh, to bury it. But and I had this conversation with Alan in the car when I was driving over to, to a Huddersfield game earlier in the season. What do you think Leeds United's chances are? And Alan said, and quite rightly, the jury is out. Ask me again on the 2nd of September because they need new players. They, they, they've only managed to fill half a bench with two goalkeepers. They need a striker. They need a left back. They need some creative midfielders. And all the wires tonight with gossip about Leeds United are that... Uh, Joel Pirro 
from Swansea who scored 46 goals in, I think, 90-odd games, one every other. He's your 20-goal-a-season man. Has agreed terms with Leeds. It's a question of whether um, a price can be agreed or whether Swansea managed to persuade him to, to sign uh, and, and stay there because there's only two years, sorry, one year left on his contract. And several other names, Kamara from Rangers, uh, a guy called Paintsill, a Gardner International from Ghent. Um, there's a Spurs right back who's sort of 19, 20 million quid, but I'm not sure about that. I'm sure he's got potential, but we've got Ailing, we've got Cody Drama, and um, when he gets back to his proper position, we've got Sam Byram. So do we really need another right back? Um, so there's still a bit of muddle thinking there, and then you've got to throw into it. Willie Nonto, is he going? Is he staying? Is training with the first team again after refusing to play? We'll wait and see. Absolutely. Um, as I say, I thought Leeds played really well on Friday, and I think they 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 definitely deserved the point, and it probably should have been three. How that West Brom goal could be allowed is uh, a joke, and like you say, they should have had a penalty. Um, they play uh, Ipswich uh, tomorrow away. Such a long journey. Um, and Ipswich have started like a house on fire from promotion to League One. Um, Tony, that's going to be possibly the toughest game so far for Leeds, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it will be. It's, uh, it's not going to be easy at all. They've, they've made a, a great start, um, sitting top of the table. <laughs> Can't yes. do much better than that. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a tough one. And uh, uh, Everything that you and uh, and Bill have just said is, is, of course, absolutely right. Leeds just don't have the, the sort of the punch up front to uh, to capitalise on on the pretty stuff that they play. Uh, the Cardiff game I thought was was quite similar in the sense that they should really have won it. It was two defensive lapses that really cost them there in in, in that one. Um, but but there's this ongoing problem of we don't really know who's who's going to be playing for them uh, in in two three weeks time. Uh, and until that's sorted, it's difficult to, 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 to forecast anything really. Uh, I mean, the problem is that, uh, that, 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 uh, okay, we're only three games into the season, but they're already sort of seven points adrift of, of Ipswich, uh, at this very early stage, for example. Um, and, and obviously other teams up there as well. I mean, Norwich who play at, um, uh, at Huddersfield on, on Saturday. I think they're third, aren't they? So, you know, the, uh, East Anglia have made a pretty good start. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would think if Leeds managed to get a point out of that, they'd probably be quite pleased. Um, because at the moment you can't really see them scoring probably more than, than the odd goal. Uh, and can they stop Ipswich from scoring the way they're playing at the moment? I think that's going to be a problem. It is. Um, so we'll keep an eye on Leeds. Um, they've also got a game in midweek. They're playing away at uh, Salford in the uh, League Cup. Um, so we'll obviously keep a check on that as well and see what kind of team is put out for that one. Um, against Salford, the, uh, at their stadium is called the Peninsula Stadium. Give it a right posh name, but it's still Salford. Um, so we'll go to Huddersfield Town. Alan, Huddersfield are playing Norwich. Huddersfield haven't had a great start. They picked up their first point uh, last week away at Middlesbrough, who also haven't had a great start. Um, but can you see them getting something from the uh, game against Norwich on Saturday? I'd be very surprised. I think uh, um, I think we love the manager to bits, uh, Neil Warnock. 
Um, I'm not sure I'd want to work for him, but it's it's good for the uh, um, for, for the uh, media, I think. And uh, he certainly turned round uh, Huddersfield fortunes last season. Um, I think the Huddersfield were a wee bit unlucky not to um, win the game at Middlesbrough from reports yeah. I've read. Um, I think um, uh, Bill mentioned he, he was on his way to to Huddersfield, so he, he, he's seen them this season. I've not. Um, I think it's going to be a tough season for them, um, but I'm optimistic of a, a lower third uh, of the league without getting relegated for them. Uh, I can't. I think that Norwich are a pretty good side. They'll win comfortably, uh, maybe two 0 or something like that at uh, Huddersfield on, on Saturday. Okay. Um, yeah, Bill, you've seen Huddersfield play this year. Um, what are your thoughts? Good point away at Middlesbrough. It could have been three. Um, but Norwich, that's going to be a totally different game at all, isn't it? Even though it's at home. It, it is. The, the game that um, Alan refers to when I was driving over there was against Leicester, um, who are up there with um, with Ipswich. And just going down the the team, despite the fact that they've sold one or two or, or three, I think, uh, top players of Leicester, um, they still just have that class, and and Huddersfield matched them stride for stride, and I think Huddersfield were just a tad unlucky. I'm, I'm not saying they should have got a point, but they could easily have hung up for a point. It was one nil, um, and, and 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 Leicester just had that little bit of class that sometimes these um, these teams that go up uh, have. But lots of endeavour. They battled away, um, and if they just had the rub of the green, they, they, they could have come away with a point. Um, but that's that's the championship, isn't it? You know, anybody yeah. can be anybody, but the cream does rise to the top. And I just hope that Alan's right, and I think he probably is, that uh, it's going to be a struggle this season. But I think they probably will just have enough, if they can um, all hold together, to to stay outside those uh, the bottom three places. They, they, they might need one or two uh, more signings. They haven't got a lot of leap up front, but that's uh, a common feature of Yorkshire's or the, the, the teams that we report on and follow at the moment. Yes. Definitely. Um, we'll just nip into League Two. Um, Huddersfield Norwich, by the way, we'll be covering live on Leeds Hospital Radio Sports. So if you're unlucky enough to be in hospital, you'll hear the Dorset tones of Stuart Taylor uh, plus a another. Um, and um, you'll enjoy that. Huddersfield against Norwich should be a should be a cracking game. League Two, Bradford City are at home uh, to Crew Alexandra. They had a shock defeat in midweek. They lost three nil away at Morecambe. Um, I don't think anyone saw that coming. And Morecambe travelled to Harrogate uh, this Saturday. Um, and Harrogate, after a, a decent good start, they've actually lost a few and are, are slipping down the table. So that's going to be a tough game in League Two. Um, Alan, you're a fellow League Two fan. Um, what do you make of the start of the season so far in, in League Two in general? Well, thinking about Bradford, I, I think uh, this time last season I said that um, um, uh, Mark Hughes, the Bradford manager, would be sacked by Christmas. Um, uh, I've just sort of rolled it on a year um, because uh, uh, with all the resources and the fan support Bradford have got, they really should expect more than they're getting. Um, yeah, I mean, sides can have an off day, but to lose 3-0 at, at Morecambe is, is not on, really. 
Um, they've got a, some tough games coming up as well, of course. The uh, mm. international weekend, they've got the Mighty Grimsby Town coming over in droves, and uh, um, we've only got 11 people playing, but there's plenty of fans come over. Um, so it's a tough old start. Um, I think the Andy Cook, I think, is yet to score. Yes. Top, sco- yeah. top scorer last season. Mm. Um, and, he, missed, uh, he missed a penalty at some point as well. I think. He yes, did, he missed yeah. a penalty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, frankly, it's not looking very good for, for Bradford. Um, Harrogate, um, how do they keep doing it? I mean, oh, yes. um, Simon Weaver, I know it, it helps if your dad's the chairman and who know, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> how do they keep doing it? Um, on crowds, measly crowds, um, uh, they lost to Forest Green, who've, who've probably got even smaller crowds than, than Harrogate. Um, you'd expect them to beat Morecambe, in all honesty. They've got some good players. They'd let one or two go, um, namely uh, to, to Bradford City. And uh, they've, um, there's something right about Harrogate. I can't put my finger on it because I don't think um, Simon Weaver's dad's putting a lot of money in, but they keep coming up with some good results. I mean, they they went to um, Doncaster first first game yes. of the season, I think it was, and yeah. incredibly beat them. Um, so good luck to Harrogate, and uh, I know we've got other commentators in uh, in our team who who follow that Harrogate a little more closely. I tend just to see them two or three times a year, but uh, good luck to them. Uh, I don't think we'll finish above Bradford City. I think Bradford City will probably make the playoffs and probably fail again. Oh, there you go. There you go, City fans. There's something to look forward to for the rest of the season. Um, Wrexham haven't started as well as uh, everyone was uh, predicting and uh, Ben Foster's been retired after conceding 10 goals in two home games. So, uh, um, obviously, League 2, not quite as easy as they thought it was going to be. Um, well, my thoughts, my opinion, not the opinion of Leeds Hospital Radio Sport. Yes, it's, it's, it's awful to lose five goals in a match, isn't it? Really, and, it um, is. Yeah, I, I think, they still got, they still got a point there, didn't they? The second one, they drew five all. Five all, yeah. yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, they've conceded five well, goals twice at home, Alan. Yeah, there's, well, there's some good teams in the league who have conceded five goals, you know. Well, there is, yeah. <laughs> so, we'll move on to the Yorkshire cricket now. Um, so we're going from one... So, Bradford City, playoffs and then fail. We're now going to Yorkshire Cricket Club. Um, you three are, are Yorkshire cricket fans, members even. Um, I'm just going to leave the floor open to you. Um, what's going on? <laughs> I don't, don't ask. Don't ask me, Gil. <laughs> I'll, I'll give a bit. I'll give a bit of a summary. I mean, at the yeah. beginning of the, at the, I'll let Tony come in after that. But the, at the beginning of the season, we knew it was going to be tough. There's all the um, the Rafik affair had to play out. There were bound to be consequences at the end of it. Um, I think they started off with the spirits down and um, it's just gone from bad to worse. And then the, the penalties have, have, have come through and it's just a season to get through, scrub out, plan for next year and move forward from there. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's probably a fair, fair comment, uh, actually, Bill. 
Um, I noticed there's, there's a, a piece with uh, um, Otis Gibson uh, in, in the paper this morning or yesterday morning uh, interview with Chris Waters, where, where he said that when he took the job, he thought it'd be a five year project to get Yorkshire winning trophies again. We've just had two of them. Um, so another three years and he thinks we'll, we'll start getting somewhere. Um, uh, Yorkshire, of course, have got this ongoing problem that, um, that they have, um, four of probably the best batsmen in the country in Milan, Root, Bairstow, um, and Harry Brook, uh, who hardly ever play for the club, uh, which, which does rather knock a hole in your, in your batting lineup. Yeah. Uh, so, but they know that, that that's going to be the case and that they've got to um, get on with it. In addition, uh, I mean, you can kind of more or less forget Adil Rashid. Uh, I mean, he's managed to turn out to play his um, eight games for Northern Superchargers, but he wasn't available to play for Yorkshire in the T20, which seems a, a little odd. But anyhow, we'll say no more on that. Um, so uh, it's it's not ideal when when, when you're um, you know you're constantly having to rely on, on on players who you would like to be sort of grooming to to come along to actually take uh, prominence in the team. Um, they they've had some reasonable form in the championship. Um, there, there was a game at Durham that they could have won. They lost by one wicket, I think, didn't they? Two matches against Sussex that they almost certainly would have won had it not been for the weather. Another one at Worcester that possibly they might have won, but for the weather. Um, so they, they could have been in a better position. But however that might have worked out, of course, uh, it would have been scuppered by the 48-point penalty, which would have made it pretty much impossible for them to get up. So there's some hope there. The white ball game, though, still isn't isn't great. I think Gibson realises that. I mean, they got docked points in in the T20 posthumously after the competition was over, which seemed bizarre to me, um, which meant that they finished eighth in the group when I think they were actually fifth or something. Um, but the, the thing is that without the... The, the, the docking of the points, they still wouldn't have got through to the knockout stages of the T20, which is disappointing. They didn't have any penalties in this 50 over competition. They were unlucky to lose against Kent on, on, on Duckworth Lewis. They had two matches completely washed out then. Um, but, but, but then they had a, a good win down at Essex and an exciting, thrilling match against Surrey, which they, they won by one wicket. And then almost uh, seems to be the case with Yorkshire this season from a promising position, they then produced two dreadful performances, uh, getting murdered by Hampshire uh, just a couple of days after the Surrey game at York, uh, uh, and then getting clobbered at Leicestershire um, after that, although Leicestershire were top of the table in this, so a good side, obviously. Uh, and then they went to Middlesex in the last game and um, tinkered a little bit with the side uh, against another side who couldn't qualify they've been bottom of that table for most of the time and lost again I'm afraid so it's all inconsistency is the thing that probably drives you mad as much as anything and we've seen lots of inconsistency from Yorkshire I think they're just hoping now they've got four championship games coming up in September I think they'll just be hoping that they can put a decent run together and finish the season strongly so at least people go off at the end of the season thinking you know there's something positive there because next year I think it's fair to say that people are going to be disappointed if they aren't pushing very hard for promotion and if they don't get promotion I think that's almost got to be a, a requirement next season otherwise I suspect heads may roll I think it, 
Yeah, I think uh, Tony mentioned there the 50 over game, which is essentially a development squad. Um, great crowds um, at um, York again, super crowds. Uh, uh, the Yorkshire um, the audience, I wouldn't say turned their backs on the 100, um, but right around the country, the, the crowds in the, the 50 over um, is it Metro Bank Cup or something? Yeah, it is now. Yeah. Um, that um, they've been tremendous. Um, the thing that worries me the most is this: um, that, uh, with the odd exception, um, some of these younger, particularly batsmen, but also applies to some of the, the younger bowlers, that we great hope in. Oh, I had great hope in, um, and they fluffed the lines. They really did. Um, it, particularly in those last two games, um, they opened with, uh, um, you know, youngsters who earlier in the season were showing a promise, even played in the county championship, but, um, they just didn't perform. And equally, uh, on the bowling side, um, uh, there's a, uh, well, I don't know if it's, it's wise to mention names, but there's, there's, there's a, uh, let's call him an all-rounder they brought in. He, he seems to go for eight runs and over when he bowls. Okay, he picks up some wickets. Um, and then he gets out with the bat. And this is, this is a league with no penalty points. We still managed to come third from bottom in that one. Um, with a lot of youngsters. Um, Don Best put in a few batting performances and the odd bowling performance. Uh, I see we've signed, uh, say, we Yorkshire signed um, the the um, uh, young Surrey left-hander, uh, slow bowler, uh, for next season. But it's a bit of a mess, really. I, I don't think any of you could have put it more better. It, is, it seems a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at uh, as an outsider in, um, you do wonder what is going on and um, how how it can be turned around you know it's like it's going to be like the titanic uh turning doing a three-point turn so i think it's going to be um a while um but we all hope because yorkshire should be in the top flight they should be challenging for trophies it's the biggest county it's the biggest club um yeah but as a knots man, I'm fine with where you are right now. So, um, <laughs> thanks. Ian. It just, just, we should perhaps just reflect on one thing that's, that's gone very quiet recently off the field is the uh, this refinancing. There was a lot of uh, warm words of assurance said a few weeks ago about yes, everything's okay. Since when it's all gone very quiet, and we really have no idea what's happening with this refinancing. And until we know what's happening there, we don't even know whether there's going to be a club next season. No. Um, fingers crossed that sorts out because that would just be not just a loss for Yorkshire but a loss for cricket as in a whole Yorkshire um, being without Yorkshire as a cricket club just goes well without thinking um, so we'll leave you there and thanks for the uh, <laughs> thanks you three for that as honestly honest opinions that's what we want and you've you've all been given your opinions on it and just hope Yorkshire sort that out. Um, we're going to go now um, to uh, just a little bit about the uh, Women's World Cup final on Sunday. England lost to Spain 1-0. Um, did absolutely fantastic getting to the final. Um, the um, legacy, I think, 
is already going to be there. I'm going to see a lot more girls playing football, which is the main thing in general. And uh, they've actually got heroes to look up to. And uh, yeah, I thought England were fantastic. And um, maybe it's just the fact that England will never win a World Cup in my lifetime as a football fan. And God's just um, trying to tell me something being a Notts County and an England fan that, yeah, you deserve what you get. Um, but um, Bill, did you watch any of the game um, on Sunday? I watched the first half and then sadly had to miss the second half because I had to go to uh, Manchester Airport to pick my daughter up. But I listened to it intently um, on the uh, on, on, on the way over and subsequent, subsequently caught up with the, the highlights. I thought they did great. They, they weren't favourites to get to the, the final by any means no. at the outset. Uh, I watched some of the earlier games. They got through the challenge of... Um, uh, Lauren James being suspended for two games, their best mm. player, and I thought they did incredibly well to get to the final, and it was just a stretch uh, too far. But what I did see was an interview with the captain of the Lionesses from 1980, and some of the f- film footage from then. And it was literally one man and his dog, and a few lads on a stag do, watching an international <laughs> 50 people there. That's all it was. And you've now got the WSL talking about Manchester United and Liverpool ladies game being played at Anfield in front of 25 and 30,000. Mm. Some of these games are played out in front of 76,000. Um, I don't think you can compare the men's game with the ladies game because of all the investment and the money in the men's game. But we've got our first million pound earner in, in, in women's football. And I think it's fantastic. I think they, um, the, 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 they've gone over that tipping point And I think the momentum going forward with women's football and girls football over the next decade, couple of decades, is going to be absolutely massive. Um, it is. And, yes. and, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it and, and, and some of the skill and, and, and so on. Just a little bit of a question mark about the uh, the refereeing. Um, I don't yes. know if anybody else picked up on this, no. but Mary Earp's save, fantastic save. She was a metre off a line by the time the poor <laughs> Spanish girl kicked it. And VAR, I'm sure in a man's game, would have said, retake that. Because it was well, a they did, in, they did earlier in the competition, didn't they? Because England had a penalty against Haiti, which mm. the keeper saved, but then mm. VIR said that she was off the line. So yep. then they made her retake it. So, um, yeah, but I mean, the fact that VIR took so long in actually giving that penalty when it really wasn't a penalty in the first place, um, <laughs> they, um, I think, uh, I, th- I think if they'd have brought it back, there would have been a riot right there and then. Um, but yeah, Mary Ertz as well showed the world there, um, that you can definitely take the girl out of Nottingham but you cannot take Nottingham out of the girl because after that penalty, she she said two words that kind of summed it all up, I think. And uh, the second one was off. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, leave that to your, we'll leave that to all your imaginations. Um, but it was a great tournament. And uh, winning the Euros last summer, getting to the World Cup final this summer, uh, it, it's only ever going to be good news for, for girls and women's football. It's going to be fantastic for the next 20 years. Remember, Women's football was banned for 50 years. It only came back in 1972. So um, they are now where they are. And the the ceiling, there is no ceiling. It's a glass ceiling now. So good luck to um, England's women in future. 
And um, we'll come now to our sporting moments of the week. And um, breaking news, um, we are recording on Thursday night. Matthew Hudson-Smith has just won silver medal in the 400 metres final. Um, and uh, he was in the lead, but just kind of lost it in the end, and uh, but got silver. So fantastic news. Alan, your sporting moment of the week, sir. Well, I've tried for most of August not to watch the... Uh, the hundred, um, uh, because Northern Superchargers who play at Headingley with uh, a mishmash of people from Durham and Yorkshire, uh, obviously, uh, but we've got Lancastrians in there and people from all over the place. Uh, but I did just, um, I, I switched on by accident uh, this week to watch Harry Brook. He was 44 not out when I... Uh, uh, when I switched on, I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll have a watch Harry. And he, he just belted the ball for fours and sixes. Uh, and he went to 105, not out, in a, a score of 158 for seven for the Northern Superchargers. Uh, fastest ever century. Um, there haven't been many centuries in the 100. Um, but Harry Brook, he, he just made left out of the uh, the England squads for the One Day Internationals. <laughs> he turns up and does that. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure whether he was sticking two fingers up to the selectors or not, but it was a fantastic innings and not likely to be bettered for an awful long time. No, it was. Um, the Northern Superchargers, whatever they're called, lost that game eventually, though, didn't they? They did indeed. Yes. Um but thanks for bringing the hundred into this podcast, Alan. It's uh, <laughs> it's nice to is see the a, minority sports being brought up. Is it, is, it, is it a first? I think it is a first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank no, you very it was much. An accident, though. I didn't intend. Honestly, it's, I didn't no. intend to watch it. <laughs> oh, right, Bill, bring us out of this hundred malarkey. Bring us some oh. proper sporting moment. Well, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure I can because um, we, we we compared notes beforehand. Um, and um, you and Tony have nicked my uh, number one and two. Um, <laughs> so um, before I come to it, just a, just a little acknowledgement that um, Michael Parkinson died this week. Yes. Um, tremendous supporter of Yorkshire County cricket and a, a, a wonderful Yorkshireman. Um, and uh, uh, for all the things in his career, he'd have given it all up to play for Yorkshire. And uh, mm. um, just fond memories of a, 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 a truly great, great Yorkshireman who uh, used to uh, um, open the batting with Jeffrey Boycott at Barnsley um, Cricket Club with Harold, Harold Bird coming in first drop. Um, <laughs> but to get back to the subject in hand, um, I'm going back to the 100, I'm afraid. Oh, no. <laughs> and the Northern Superchargers. I mean, we all loathe them. Um, and I didn't watch it, but I did catch up with it with the uh, the recording and um, uh, just look at the um, Harry Brook um, Adam Hose catch it was towards the end of the game um, that despite Brook's heroics that um, Alan described earlier uh, the superchargers lost but there was this wonderful catch the ball was hit it was going for six it came to Brook right up against the cushion of the boundary he took the catch as he was going over the rope, which would have carried it for six. He threw it in the air. We've all seen these relay catches. Mm. He went over the boundary. As the ball came down, he jumped up so his feet were off the ground, grabbed the ball, 
fell back inside the, uh, the playing area and just as he was about to fall out of the boundary again, threw it back in for host to take the catch. Absolutely stunning. And, and I would encourage anybody to go on YouTube or I think it's on the BBC uh, cricket website. Utterly amazing. You, you know who the batsman was, too, Bill? <laughs> I, I don't recall now. Johnny Bairstow. Was it? Yeah, that good. That good Welshman, Johnny Bairstow. <laughs> Taffy Bairstow, Brilliant. yes. Brilliant, yeah. yes. Um, so, me and Tony have picked Bill's one and two choice of sporting moment mm-hmm. of the week. We're going to do this in chronological order, Tony, so that means I go first. Right. Yes. So <laughs> my sporting moment of the week is uh, Katerina Johnson-Thompson uh, winning gold in the heptathlon at the World Athletics Championships in Budapest. Absolutely fantastic gold medal. She's been world champion before, but the story of Katerina Johnson-Thompson is where she's been injured. She's uh, had She's had to swap coach. She's had a, a, a lot of a backstory as well. So for her to come into these championships with not really much hope or expectation uh, and an OK first day. But then the second day, she really came into her own and beat the American um, Anna Hall by uh, 20 points. And so my sporting moment of the week is Katerina Johnson-Thompson uh, winning gold in the heptathlon. Following in Great Britain terms of uh, Denise Lewis, uh, Kelly Sutherton and Jessica Ennis-Hill as well. Um, we do seem to produce good heptathletes and uh, long may that continue. Um, so, Katerina Johnson-Thompson, I, I doff my cup to you. Um, Tony, yours. Yeah, well, I, that that uh, again, that was right up there, wasn't it? Uh, I was very pleased that she won that. Uh, but I, I'm going to go to the, um, as you say, chronologically, the next gold medal uh, in the World Athletics Championships, which was won by Josh Kerr uh, uh, yesterday, which was Wednesday, we're recording on the Thursday, uh, in the 1500 metres. Um, he was expected really to to have a great chance of a medal, but he wasn't expected to win because uh, the guy who was going to win was Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Uh, and of course, he was also expected to win last year in Eugene. Um, but unfortunately for him, uh, just coming off the final bend, a guy called Jake Whiteman overtook him last year and um, held on down the home straight and, and, and beat him to the gold medal. Uh, Whiteman couldn't take part this year because he, he, he's injured. Uh, so Josh Kerr was the, the main hope. And it was like, like watching a replay of last year's race because Inga Britson set the pace, led uh, the field for, uh, what, three and half laps, certainly. Um, yep. And Kerr got up to his shoulder just coming off the bend, got ahead of him in the straight, and the same thing happened again. And uh, he, he went away from him and held him off at the end to win the gold medal. Uh, which was, uh, I, I certainly didn't, I thought he'd, he'd probably get a medal, but I didn't expect him to get gold. I thought Inga Britson would, uh, after what happened last year, would make sure it didn't happen again. But uh, I should think he probably won't be Mr. Inga Britson taking many holidays in, in, in this country in the near future. <laughs> and he must have nightmares about GB jerseys in front of him. be interesting yeah. to see what happens in the Olympics in Paris next year, won't it? It will be. Um, Josh Kerr actually told a story uh, tonight on the Athletics Thursday night um, where Josh actually wore last year's uh, GB vest 
rather than the new one that they've been wearing this year. Oh. And so Inga Britson would definitely have been having deja vu <laughs> flashbacks to, to Whiteman and then Kerr running past him in the same jersey as each other. I, I, I thought that was fantastic that they did that. And it's brilliant. And uh, mm. yeah, great medal. And uh, as I say, we've won a silver medal this evening, Thursday, in the 400 metres men's Matthew Hudson-Smith. Um, did superbly well there. So we're having a, we're having a decent old go in these mm. worlds. So mm. it's good to see. Um, are, we, you know, are, we, are we heading into a new golden age of British middle distance running? Um, I think we might had be, one you know. for 30 odd years? Yeah, because mm. they had, they had on the BBC earlier, they had the Britain's three 1500 metre world champions. And that was Josh Kerr from last uh, Wednesday night. Jake mm. Whiteman from 2022, and mm. then Steve Cram from 1983. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. So, yeah, and Cram was part of that golden generation. Yeah. Cram, yeah. Ovette, Ovette, Co, Co. Um, yeah. Peter Elliott as well Peter was around Elliott. there. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. so um, hopefully it is the start of another um, golden generation for British middle distance running. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Um, Alan's camera is very, very dark. I can just see the uh, glasses shining. Um, yeah, well, I, I've been playing golf today, and the sun came out, and I, I'm actually glowing red, so I didn't want to, to sort of uh, destroy the camera work. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> good thinking there, Batman. Um, so thank you very much to Alan, to Bill, and to Tony for this week's uh, Sport Huddle. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, please get out of hospital, get well soon. Uh, but if you are in hospital, please know that there will be full match commentary on Huddersfield against Norwich on Saturday and the Rhinos on Sunday as well against Huddersfield in the West Yorkshire Derby. So um, if you're in hospital, you've got plenty of sport to, to look forward to and to listen to. But until then, get well soon and uh, a goodbye from me and a goodbye from them. <laughs>